have anything else? No, we just had a cold, rainy day here today. Oh yeah. So you didn't you didn't do any of the house stuff? No. <sighs> but, uh, anything new? Washington. Oh yeah, it's a lot, huh? Yeah, really. Way higher than ever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, people didn't do a good job of uh, containing that. In yeah. in China, they stopped it completely. You know. Yep. What do you think about that? That's what I hear. <coughs> So, Grandpa, you ready? Yeah. You ready for some questions? Yeah. Yep. So, why do you think it is that did women... You get my, uh -huh. Did you get my emails? No. I didn't check it. Okay. What, what, do you, what do you think is the reason why women are more often at church, Grandpa, in, in like the Bible studies and stuff? Well, that's a good question. <clears throat> instinct to try to expose their kids to a spiritual or at least a religious dimension of life so that's one thing um, the other probably has to do with um, they're not so preoccupied with making things happen making a living etc etc so they, they tend to wrestle with the shirting more often i don't know i remember when i was when i was in Kauai, you, you you said something about that and i remember at that time i was very much against like dualistic consciousness this was like 2009 or 10 and i was like no grandpa you know you said that women tend to be a certain way but you're generalizing you know but but you said something like that you thought that women tended to be like more relationship oriented or i forget what it was but that's why they're more often in church you said that in, in, to your church remember that Specifically, <clears throat> but do you think that that's that that's true? Like, or, or like that, well, that, that they're more like, you know, I guess like community oriented I, or homey. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the the gender. It has more to do with the culture. Yeah, but yeah, but so so maybe like a higher percentage are NFs, and and we don't know if that's genetic or if it's culture. But you know, that doesn't mean that all women are like that. But maybe a higher percentage. So we don't want to generalize. Yeah. Right. But, and also, do you think it's because, you know, maybe women are discriminated against and they feel, you know, put down and stuff, so they're seeking something more? Maybe the reason why a lot, a lot of times, you think that that's true? Or? Well, that certainly could be a factor. Or yeah, that's why I like a lot of black people go to church and stuff. Or people of color. You think think that they're, that they're seeking more or you know because they grow up in the ghetto and, and and they're maybe caught up in a lot of trouble and, they, and they're, they're, they're trying to seek a higher dimension or whatever or what? yeah yeah again it, it, it's hard to to speculate and come up with a generalization but um 
you know, maybe the the survival concerns is a way of assuring your eternal survival. I don't know. So yeah, it could be dualistic conscious, but also maybe they're aware of a higher reality. Yeah, I'm sure there are some for whom that would be an accurate discernment. Do you think that that's true though for uh, people who maybe do grow up in the ghetto or grow up in harsh conditions? It, it maybe the trauma, it, it can it can actually like help them to transcend their ego bodies, like you know, and, and open them to a higher reality. You know that they've experienced so much crazy stuff. Maybe this facilitates that. The, the awareness of, of maybe a higher reality because they're, they're pushing so much pain, so much pain. And then maybe this gets them into this, you know, almost like an outer body from all the trauma and all the suffering. Yeah. You think that's possible? Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly possible. You know, all, all the stress they that can, uh, huh? Yeah. It encourages their wrestling with Shirley. Well, it can affect you more than, yeah. Like, like, like someone growing up in the suburbs who's, who's, uh, you know, all content and satisfied, you know, he's not having all that brain chemistry going haywire and all the, all that stuff too. And maybe it's like a drug and maybe all that brain chemistry going crazy from all the, you know, the wildness of that, of that growing up in a. in a destructive environment, maybe that can, that's like taking a drug. It opens you to maybe a higher dimension or domain of being. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's a factor for, for many people. Yeah. It doesn't. No. What do you, what do you think about the idea that there's, there's no atheists in a foxhole? Yeah. Well, you're always looking for, <clears throat> or some kind of help whether it's magical or superstitious or whatever you're looking for some kind of help because you're out of control you can't control the outcome of that yes yeah, so that could be self self-confirmatory but also i was thinking maybe it's it's the same type of thing that when you're pushed up against the wall like when i was playing basketball and i could write my raps like that because i was in that higher level of stress it, maybe you're pushed up against the wall and, and there's so much, you know, terror going on. This can, you know, foster some sort of outer body, higher dimensional uh, breakthrough or something. You know, where, where you are getting in tap, yeah. tapped into some sort of deeper dimension. Yeah, you're certainly much more alive. Yeah. Your adrenaline is pumping. Yeah. And it doesn't. <clears throat> They had they had a movie they had a movie I forget what the name was I, I think it's something like a uh, strange world or something. Um, but in in that movie, um, the people would would try to experience what other people experience like they could put on these devices so they can experience someone being raped or they can experience somebody in war or they can experience themselves when they were younger with their loved one and stuff um what do you think about that no i, I that would be an interesting movie to see yeah it was interesting um i'm looking up what it was way to cultivate compassion 
Or at least expose them to the possibility of <clears throat> compassion. Yeah, the movie's called Strange Days. It's really interesting. Uh, it it kind of played on the dyma- dynamic of the racial relations, too. White people, black people, and... Uh, but it doesn't? No. Quote-unquote, white people, black people. Okay, so there's no there's no atheist in a foxhole. Yeah, but but yeah, that the strange days, you know, people want to experience what it's like to rob a bank. They want that adrenaline rush, you know. They'll pay big money for that, and then they have an underground thing where they they'll pay money to you know experience the the the, the crazy stuff like you know killing somebody and that type of stuff. You know, any thoughts? No. But that's like the or or, or uh, yeah, so it's like a drug experience what another another person thinks. And I heard that idea that like you know. It, Experiencing what another person th- experiences, that would be, it would be like a, a psychedelic experience, because it's so different. Maybe yeah. what people. You know. Yeah, very likely. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, what do you think, Grandpa, about the um, the idea that chivalry is dead? Any thoughts on that? <clears throat> patronizing right like like a child right exactly so that, that could definitely be a dualistic consciousness you know and, 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 and you know a lot of women are into that though like the Trump supporting women a lot of them were very conservative they wanted they you know they, they, they would say things like oh yeah no a woman shouldn't be president you know and, and stuff like that generalizing because they want to yeah. the, the idea they want to maintain the status quo and so they, they willingly right. they willingly participate in that They they want to be they want to be patronized because they want the, the order to be maintained because their ego boundaries are connected with that order. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Um, <clears throat> but you know what? What do you think though, Grandpa? Opening a door for a woman on a date for to the car. Necessarily chivalry or whatever. It's just, it's just um, a, sh- a way of showing respect rather than showing uh, a put down. Yeah, so you could do it in a way that you know it could be a put down to open it if you're doing it with a uh, a condescending uh, attitude, right? Yeah, like, you're like, incapable. You're incapable attitude. Yeah, you're, you're incapable. But but at the same time, okay, it could be you op- you know take you know I opened up doors for guys, you know it doesn't have to be you don't have to look at it as a woman thing. But you know you open the door for the for the car though. Okay, that can be respectful, right? And it could be taking you out of yourself. You you know it could be a good discipline. Yeah. 
yeah. ritual discipline. Yeah. If you know people have codes that they live by, if that's a ritual discipline, but not in order to be superior, right? But, but is that a ritual discipline that can be outmoded? I mean, obviously a woman can open up a door for herself, you know, but, but also there, there's certain codes. What about like the first date? You know, again, any thoughts of that? No. Like in the flow that you, you might find it, you know, that you might be inspired to open up the door. Um, you know, the, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, exactly. uh. But the idea is, okay. Can you can you think of another example of like a chivalry uh, that people would do? Well, it used to be back in way back in way back in my days, a man would tip his hat to a woman. Mm. What do you think about that, Gamma? Well, it just it was just one another form of. That chivalry showing respect. So what would you do, Grandpa? Would you open a door for, for a woman on a date? Yeah. You would open the car door? Yeah. But don't you think that that could be maintaining and reinforcing the... Um, the power dynamic? think it's more, yeah it could be used for that but see it's a, it's a way of, of not ignoring and not uh, taking her for granted but you know it's it, you're mutual it's a form of mutual participation in having a, a romantic evening mm. um, any other thoughts on that So, okay, so it's mutual, but, but, but okay, so what's a romantic evening? Well, that's what you do on your first dates. But you're not going to have With sex, right? Cultivating, well, you, you could, but you probably wouldn't. So, okay, it's, it's a romantic, what does that mean, Romantic. It's a special occasion, a first date, a way of cultivating romance, so a special relationship, a special time together. <coughs> it's a way of stepping out of yourself and becoming involved in something larger than yourself. Okay. Mutual participation in a in a lovely evening. So, so it's it's almost like a, a ritual practice. It's a, it's a practice of now you're moving out of self preoccupation to the self special relationship orientation it's still selfish it's still a self orientation but at least it's moving toward a new discipline you got it but then you ultimately want to transcend that too right yeah well it, it just it, it just it sort of evolves yeah does it evolve naturally? So okay, so so the, is there a lot of feelings involved with this? A lot of emotions and stuff. Well, there could be, yes. But that's self-confirmatory. But but, what do you think? Any thoughts? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. 
so this can be a, a mode of development and a mode of expanding your awareness to to at least experiment with this reality. Right, exactly. To experiment with it, and, and you could even engage with the interpersonal realm, and work with it, yeah. and, and and study it, and then and then as you develop within yeah. it, then you can expand, you know, increase your capacity for the flow because now you have more awareness of existence. You got it. But but did I miss out on that, Grandpa? <clears throat> yeah, to some degree. You never really dated much at all, did you? Not really, no. Yeah. Wait, that doesn't mean you're for, that doesn't mean you're forever handicapped. Yes. Yeah. can still that can still happen. Mm-hmm. But. It, that's not a necessary uh, path to take. Yeah, Paul. Paul That's said not the only path. Didn't didn't Paul recommend not to get married? You know. Well, you got to see that. I don't remember the whole context, but he, 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 you have to see it in the, in its whole context. Yeah, well, but he was saying like if you know if, if you're gonna burn with passion, you know, then then get then have sex, but you know, make sure you're married. But he said if you, but he said you know like we're entering the the time when we realize that you know the world is a you know pretty much, you know, this world is nothing. So you know he recommended don't have sex if you can't, if you don't need to. But again, it, that could be self-confirmatory to not have sex, you know, and that's what he was also talking right. about. Though. That's why he said you know, right. salvation doesn't come by works. It, it can it can be e- exactly. equally equally self confirmatory. Exactly. But yeah, doesn't. No. So if if you open a door for a woman, okay, you open you open the door. That that's a that's a part of the relationship. But again, you, you don't want to. Or, or are you saying that you you want to participate within that dualistic superior inferior framework? You know, participate within it to to engage with that reality to understand that reality. But yeah, it's good practice. But but don't don't you think? Oh, but but would it be better to open it without that attitudinal self-confirmatory consciousness? Superior. Certainly, mm-hmm. certainly that that's part of the the function that that kind of behavior serves. It's a way of inviting you to to do that non-personally. Well, I, I remember when I was in, when I was in middle school, I had a girlfriend, and you know we would hold hands and. And I would open the door for her. You know, I, I was always very polite. I was always very, what's the word for that? Like, I was a gentleman, you know? And and the, girl, the girls always yeah. loved, you know, I had I had literally fan clubs of girls and stuff. But I was always, you know, I was always a gentleman. You know, and and yeah. like, that, that kind of shows a, a, a level of respect and stuff. Any thoughts on it? Yeah. See, it could have been... See, that can be done, I'm not saying you were doing, but that can be done as a way of, of proving to the girl that you're superior, or it can be done out of respect. Hmm. could be done so you can get the girl to think, oh, isn't he wonderful, he's the nicest guy I've ever met, and you know, that, all that kind of self-confirmatory thing, or it can be just, just a way of showing respect. Being polite. 
Yeah, it doesn't. So, so, so you're talking about that there is a stage when a special relationship is okay, but you want to move past that to mutual participation, right? See, it's always okay and to, to do certain things, but it's it's more liberating when you can do it from a more non-dual perspective. You can still do the same things. Yeah. So so you can have a special relationship, but you could be have more of a, a transpersonal consciousness and be focusing on inquiry and stuff like that. And you don't have to get so caught up within the interpersonal realm. Right. Exactly. You, you can participate in the interpersonal realm, and if you're in the flow, you're going to you're going to thrive in the interpersonal realm. But still, you're not right. you're not enmeshed. Exactly. And and you actually see past it, and that's why you're actually even more um, expert within that realm because you can see beyond it, and you can see. Oh, that guy right there, he's he's within the dualist. You, you can tell that guy's stuck within his ego body right now. And he's, you know, he's very, his, his mind is, is, is funneled. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's it. So what about this though, Grandpa? Paying, paying for the woman. Yes, same, same phenomena. So, so you would pay for her, for her meal? Yeah. But again, just think about the, just think about that, Grandpa. Just think about the, um, what is suggested. What is implied when you pay for the woman? Well, did she invite you out? If she invited me out to dinner, I would let her pay for it. But if I invite her out... Let's, let's have a date. I want to take you out to dinner. You could do the same to me. Okay. Because if you think about it, if someone's you know has it has a says, <clears throat> okay, I pay for the woman. That again, it could be maintaining a dynamic of oh, women are inferior. They're they're childish. They're um, incapable of taking care of themselves. You know, I, I, men are superior. We should pay that, that can maintain that ego orientation. And, and of course there's going to be women who want that. And there's going to be men who want that. Yeah. And it doesn't, No. but also you could do it out of respect. I mean, like my friends, they always pay for me when I eat with them. It's not cause I'm a woman and stuff, but you, you could, you could, uh, do it just out of respect for the person. Right. Um, what about just doing it as a ritual discipline? That's an order that your society depends on. That's the way that our society functions and just doing it as a ritual discipline. I mean, that, that's the rules of, yeah. that's a code. That's the order. But is it the order still? No. So th this is what I was thinking. Like, I, but then I hear, I hear the opposite extreme and I hear the pickup artists. They're saying, no, don't, don't. I heard the pickup artists are saying don't pay for the women and they're saying that you get more sex when you don't pay because he said because they're saying that if you pay for the woman and, and they said that they've tested this out you know then the woman feels like that you're trying to get her to have sex and, and it's like reverse psychology 
and then she's less likely to ask you. But if you don't pay, then she then she thinks, huh, I must really like this guy because I just paid for my meal, and she's more likely to ask you. Any thoughts on that? That's a whole different realm. That's trying. That's coming up with a strategy. Maybe that strategy works. I don't know. But again, that's that. That's definitely dualistic consciousness, right? If you're doing it as a strategy, oh, if you're doing it as a strategy, yeah. that's a f- huh? Yeah, that definitely is. Any thoughts on that? No. So is it is it self? Is it it's it's obviously self-confirmatory if you're doing that. If you're just doing it for sex. Why, why do you want to have sex with this girl? Is, is it because you want to be superior? Well, maybe also, you know, men have desires. They want to just, just uh, you know, let out that urge. Any thoughts? Yeah. But, you know, but there's so many consequences. There's consequences of that. She gets attached. Any thoughts on that? So so okay, let's let's say she gets attached. And it, does that get you more caught up within the matrix, Grandpa? If if you get a woman attached and you get attached to her and stuff, and then and then does that you know just by based off the chemical reactions, oxytocin that you're releasing, and does that maybe make it so in that you know if in the afterlife you have a more difficult time because you're more attached just based around your chemical, you know stuff like that. certainly attached to a special relationship does that make it more difficult in the afterlife i suspect it does just like any of your attachments are harder to let go of i suspect Uh, there's no way i could i I don't have any evidence of that except that metaphor people reporting what they went through in their after their Afterlife experiences. So what about like... Some people have. Yeah, so that's the only evidence that I have. So what about like an alcoholic? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, what were you going to say? Some people what? Well, people have different kinds of um, reports about what it was like. What it was like. What is it called? Experience where you die and come back to life. <laughs> yeah, like a uh, afterlife experience or something. I forget. Near death experience. Yeah, yeah. Near death. Yeah, near death. That's that's what I was looking for. Yeah. See, there are two qualitatively different uh, reports about their near death experience, and and my I suspect it as we've talked before. It's some people have gone further in the process of letting go of their attachments. Therefore, they have a much, much more um, rewarding and enjoyable near-death experience. Well, yeah, that's it. But, but to be worried about the near-death experience, that itself is self-confirmatory, and that gets people caught up in the ego. Right, exactly. Trying to save the self you think you are. Yeah. And and I would say you know if anything if if being a t- being inhibited that's too attached that's too attached to trying to get a good afterlife. If anything, some of those people who are you know going all out sex orgies, taking the left hand path, they might have a, a easier afterlife experience. 
guess is they have an easier time than than very hardcore conservative religious people would have. Mm. Yeah. I would think that they they would have the hardest time of. of um, is that what the is that what the reports uh, indicate? No, not necessarily. I'm only speculating. Yeah. Yeah, brother. They'd have a harder time getting through the pearly gates than somebody taking the other path. All right, so we have okay. So do we pay? Do we don't pay? It depends on your consciousness. Are you paying in order to put the woman down to to establish inferiority? Pay call attention to yourself, or are you doing it as a way of transcending the self? As a discipline. Right. It doesn't. Yep. Yep. That's how I would see it. Um. Okay, but what about the whole tipping the hat thing? Any thoughts on that? Same thing. So you would tip your hat? Yeah. Hmm. Back in the 1940s, I would have, yes. What about now? If I had been in it. Well, People don't wear hats nowadays. Okay, yeah, but what were you saying? If you had been what? Yeah, if I'd have been uh, uh, an adult at that time, I'm sure I would have. <coughs> Any other thoughts? Sir? No. So, so somebody posted he's he's a he's a Trump fan, Grandpa, and he's a kind of a conservative Christian. But he posted, "I just tested positive for having faith in the Almighty God. Can I get an amen?" Any thoughts? <laughs> Sounds like he's boasting rather than celebrating. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a way of, of superior, huh? But but it, it's also yeah, putting it's people down. It's putting it's putting down the people who believe in the coronavirus. He's saying like I tested positive for faith, as opposed to the you know because because he probably doesn't believe it since he's a uh, you know kind of conservative you know, and the the conservatives. Yeah, good so but regardless, it's it's self-confirmatory, right? Are you, you ready for this, Grandpa? This is this is what Rudolf Steiner said. He said, being forbidden to eat from the tree of knowledge means as you will eventually discover that the human soul is not to strive for the kind of knowledge bound to the physical body. This has led to the kind of sense-bound perception we know today. Eating from the tree of knowledge means becoming bound up with the physical body to the extent that the kind of knowledge brought about by Lucifer now prevails, as I described in a recent lecture. Any thoughts? He says, thus the Elohim uh, were referring to something inherent in human beings when they spoke of the tree of knowledge. And they must also have meant something intrinsic to the human being when they spoke of the tree of life. We may wonder why we see as we do today how it came about that we perceive as we do. It came about because our soul and spirit permeated with the being of Lucifer have become embedded in our physical body and are consuming it. Although this is not what was originally intended. Any thoughts? It says, this physical body is a tree of knowledge and the etheric body is a tree of life. After having let themselves be seduced by Lucifer into using their physical body for purposes of perception as we know it now, human beings were prevented from also acquiring knowledge through the etheric body. This has been denied us. Any thoughts? No. Who, who is this? 
That was Rudolph Steiner. What do you think? Yes, good stuff. Um, I was gonna ask. Uh, All right, can, can 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 you put on your video for a second, Grab? I want to show you something. Okay, let me see if I can figure out how to do that. All right, ready to grab it? Um, so I actually, yeah. I, I like this guy. All right? So so tell me, tell me what you think of this. Ready? I'm, I met this guy, but, you know, he's a cool guy, but but tell me what you think of this. Ready? So he's he's actually, you know, the definition of a hippie. Ready? Think about that video. Well, my 
initial response is he's living in his fantasy world of being an enlightened <laughs> spiritual diva. Yeah. So it's a little self-confirmatory, huh? Well, I'm just telling you that's my first impression. Yeah. He, he, he's he's playing that role for sure. Yeah, right. Nice guy. I like I like him. Cool guy. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, he, he's he, it's a it's a fantasy, right? Yeah. Well, he realizes there is another domain, there is another mode of being in the world, and in. And he's playing a role the way he thinks it thinks thinks it should be played. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit sentimentalism. But then, okay, so so I have, a, I have a question, Grab. Already, should should we keep it on the the video or should we move it back to the? Doesn't matter. I don't need the video. I find it distracting. All right, yeah. Let, let, let's move it back to the other way. All right, uh, call me back in a second. All right, Grab. How do we put it back so it's it's not on the video, Grabber? Well, I just hit camera off for me. I don't know about you. Do you have a camera off? Hold, hold on. I'm, I'm going to turn it off and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you, Grandpa. Try, try to call me back. Ready? Or just try to answer. Ready? Yeah, so, so Grandpa, what, what would you say about somebody who says, what I want to do here is glorify God. That's that's what I'm here for, to glorify God. Maybe it doesn't? Well, if he knows what he's talking about, that's a pretty good mission and pretty good uh, yeah, mission for yourself. So what, purpose. So what, is, what does that mean to glorify God, Grandpa? Well, to live in such a way that that uh, that uh, represents those qualities, the spiritual qualities, to be a presence of peace, assurance, gratitude, love, etc., etc., oneness. So you would you would say that that hippie guy wasn't doing that, or quote unquote hippie? Well, see, I don't know. He, he may be. But he may be um, just trying to convince himself and others that he is. Yeah. Okay. But you could really be, you know, aware of a higher dimension or like the quadrant, you know, 
and you can really be yeah. devoted, right? Yeah. And and he could he could really be ecstatic. You know, you don't want to judge. He could really be ecstatic and high off life, right? Yeah, he could be. Yeah. But at the Very same but at the sure. same at the same time he could be just uh, trying to convince others and convince himself and then that would be self-confirmatory or what? Okay, but, but like, what about my friend? My friend, like, uh, Kelvin. Kelvin was a Christian. Played basketball with him at UCSD. Uh, you know, he, he said that when he played, you know, he's trying to, you know, glorify God. You know, what do you think about that? Well, see, if if if, if that's your the purpose to which you're committed, then uh, um, then you would slowly begin to realize the degree to which you're glorifying yourself in order to be a superior religious person and and slowly upgrade that to literally being a better beneficial presence rather than a beneficial person see a person who's 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 trying to be a beneficial person may think he's glorifying god mm -hmm. yeah like someone who's who's giving you know like 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 a fundamentalist Christian, he's he's giving to the poor. He's thinking he's he's glorifying God, but but he's still caught up. He's a, still a Trump supporter. He's still caught up in in uh, in dualistic consciousness that actually is creating uh, division. Because he's still self-confirmatory. He's doing it in order to go to heaven, and he's still therefore he's still trying to focus on his race. He's still trying to focus on his. Uh, you know, he, he's still within a narrow prism, right? Right. So, but but what about the this idea of devotion, though? Devotion. Any thoughts, Kevin? Well, that, that's that's essentially the same thing. To, to glorify God is to be devoted to that uh, to that purpose. But is that devotion? Well, uh, I would think that's the way I would say it. Because when I, when I think of devotion, I think a lot of people see it as as sentimentalism, as a uh, emotionality. Like devotion is more more emotional. Devote any thoughts on that? Well, it could be. I'm th I'm thinking of like the you know. Yeah, it could it could raise your level of aliveness, like you know some of some of these you know religious people. A, a lot of them are, is very self-confirmatory, and and they're just focused on the ego self, saving the ego self, and they become like Trump supporter, you know, fundamentalists, like you know some of those orthodox, like orthodox Jews or like fundamentalist Christians, you know. Yeah, their devotion, they're they're singing their hymns and stuff, but it's really just about the self, right? Yep, it could be. But. But like you know, like the Hari Krishna, they're they're very like you know, they're just called bhakti. They call Hari Krishna bhakti, devotion. What do you think about that? Any thoughts? No. So, but but I mean, maybe for someone who's like a, an impersonalist, who who's like who's kind of self-centered, maybe devoting himself, putting himself under even a separate god, can be beneficial for him or what? Absolutely, it's a, it's a step toward getting out of. Self preoccupation, 
But I mean, also like this devotion, you know, if someone's so devoted to like his idol, like, you know, the Hare Krishna, they're, they're devoted to it. Can they lose themselves and can it be beneficial or is it more enslaving? Well, it could be, it could be a form of discipline mm -hmm. to, to lose or transcend the self or you could get lost in your self-preoccupation. Yeah. But what about like the, the Hasidic, you know, when they do their stuff? I think the, a big thing that one of the Hasidic masters did, and I don't know if it's Lubavitch, Lubavitch or whatever, but they talk about do everything with joy. They want to do everything with so whenever they're doing the ritual, like they're doing their davening, they want to do it with joy, or they're doing their dancing, they they do it with joy, with a smile. Like any thoughts of that? Yeah, well, that could be a discipline for keeping up your level of aliveness and openness. It can become a formula though, too, right? Exactly, but but you know, doing it with joy is better than being morose because you can lose yourself better. If you're like you're playing basketball, you do you're playing with joy, then you can lose yourself better than if you're morose, right? Yeah, absolutely, because you're much more alive. But like, let's let's look at it as like, what if this is you know devotion to the quadrant, like you know this this amazing simplicity, unity, you know, and, and that can really bring an ecstatic joy, almost like an ecstatic. Like like that that hippie guy though, but but not in a self confirmatory way, but but an authentic, not not a way to try to yeah. convince people how spiritual are, but like an authentic. Whoa. Yeah. Ecstasy. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It, like like yeah. pure, pure like jubilation. It doesn't. No. What, what about That's like in the a high level of a high level of aliveness. What about in the Bible when they talk about like jubilation and stuff? You know. Same thing, apparently. Hmm. High level of joy. So, so can you imagine somebody in the flow just like hugging people and just ecstatic, like hugging and embracing and, and dancing and just like, can you imagine that or is that an aspect of the flow or what? Yeah, well, you, that's that's what I could see that happening, like on a basketball court where people jump up and bump each other. Yeah, like I remember when my friend Larry he made a game-winning shot, and I remember I looked at the video. I this is one of the videos I had, and Larry made a game-winning shot, and I was you know it's like Magic Johnson when when uh, when Kareem made a game-winning shot, Magic Johnson went so crazy, and I was like Magic Johnson. But I was, you know, like the best player on the team too, right? So, you know, I had a lot in stake and I, and I was, you know, enjoying myself. I was in the flow. But when Larry made the shot, like I was just jumping around and just like more overjoyed than anybody, like 10 times, you know, just, you know, spinning and jumping. And what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an example of a way of expressing the flow emotionally. Rather than physically, so you express express the flow in making five three pointers in a row, or you can express it by your expression of joy. So, so I was outside of myself, you know, because you know, like I remember when I was playing at UCSD when my shot got destroyed by the shootaway machine. I no longer enjoyed playing basketball, you know, after my shot had been destroyed, you know, in high school and everything. I mean, that's that's a sad thing, huh, Grandpa? Yeah. But I mean, it, it yes, just really every, everything just spiraled. But 
but you know, at, at that point, I didn't, I didn't really have ex- exuberance for my, with my teammate. You know, did something good and stuff. I was just more in in myself, like whatever. I don't really care. If anything, I wanted my teammates to do bad so that I could maybe you know do better. You know, but like in in that case, when I was when I was the best on the team, you know, when I was in the flow and stuff, like when when my teammate did something good, like Larry, I was just. Ex- Exalted, you know, exalt. Uh, what's the word? Ecstatic. Ecstatic, you know. Any thoughts on that? No. So I was like outside of myself, but at the same time, was it also self-confirmatory? I mean, because we is because he made a game-winning shot because we won. What was it? Was I celebrating the flow or was I celebrating being superior? Or all of the above. So it's it's not bad to it's not bad to be used utilize the ego, right? Absolutely not. It's inevitable. Yeah. All a part of the process. And that's a part of getting to the flow level, right? Because if people stay stay within like, okay, let's all just get along and be equal, then they're never going to get to that high level of aliveness to the flow. Exactly. So you got to go through that, okay, we, we got to be superior, we're, we're, we're beating this team and stuff. You will, see, I'm not sure that you that you you need to or it's mandatory it just seems that it's the evidence indicates that it's inevitable but but the thing was when I was playing I was so outside of my body you know and, and it wasn't that I was necessarily trying to I think I probably was just super super excited that, that the beautiful thing happened you know but but I was so out of myself like when I was playing I mean sadly the shoot away machine I was still out of myself even when I was after the shoot machine I was still out of myself but my just mechanics got screwed up because I was practicing wrong any thoughts on it? Um, so, so what would you say about somebody who says like, you know, I'm just grateful that I can part, partake, that I can participate in this experience of life, you know, any thoughts on that? Well, it's great to be grateful. But what do, what do you think about that, saying that? Hmm? Maybe that's just a way of expressing their gratitude. But but you don't like the idea of experience, right? Because experience based consciousness, experience based thinking, experience is an illusion. No, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's inevitable. So you you want to you but in the flow you transcend experience based thinking. What does that mean? Well, see, then then you're not focusing on anything. Your attention is not attached to anything. You're just celebrating. But when your experience is attached to something, or what? Yeah, attached to your memory, your thought, your the event, to the goal, or having attained your goal of winning. So, so the flow is beyond experience. Right. So there's no such thing as a spiritual experience because if it's spiritual, it's beyond experience. That's my understanding, yes. But but you know, let's let's not de- dis- discount or like denigrate experience. How about this? How about just you know, what's the word? Like just uh, really delving into experience and like really uh, immersing and and uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, but just like really uh, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying, Grandpa? Really just yeah, like, well, 
See, again, I keep going back to the Mount of Transfiguration. <laughs> see, I, I suspect that Jesus knew that they were going to build a booth. But he said, this is not the time. This is, this is a special occasion. So don't, put it, don't build a booth now. Just be aware of what's of the reality that's surrounding and supporting you at this moment. So that'd be like when you're playing basketball and you're just not even thinking. Yeah. Because you can't you can't plan it out. You can't think that 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 perfect shot. I wasn't aware of what I was doing. Right. Exactly. At the same time, though, I had help with my dad. My dad told me shoot sideways, and he would tell me if I was if my legs were too far apart. So I always had that little help. But the sad thing was that the shootaway machine. I couldn't do it, but but I always had that help. That that so I didn't have to worry. That, that was helpful. I didn't have to worry about anything because I always had somebody there to, to support if anything was going wrong, you know? So it, there, there was yeah. there was a, a mechanism that that was also you know, facilitating that. Any other thoughts on it? So, so hey, Gabba, t- tell me what you think of this song. Ready? Is it is a church song? What do you think about that, Gavin? I guess it could be a, a contemporary form of chanting. I don't know. So you, you like that kind of? Well, again, I'd, I'd have to hear it on a good sound 
system in order to really appreci appreciate it. It's what it has to offer. Uh, can I tell you the lyrics real quick? Yeah. She says, uh, when... So, so what do you mean by that it's a chant? Well, you know, like old Gregorian chants, it's a way, it's a form of discipline. You know, it's a verbal form, you know, like the, the Islamic marching around that. Kaaba. Yeah. It's funny that this guy was talking about that today, too, and he didn't remember the name either, but yeah, what was it? That's a that's a physical way of chanting, and and this kind of thing is a is a musical. But is this more is this more sentimental though? Well, it can be right, or it can be yes. So it says, "Grander earth has quaked before, moved by the sound of his voice. Seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard, and through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you." And through it all, through it all, it is well. What do you think of that? Yeah. And it says, and through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well with me. And far be it from me to not uh, to not believe, even when my eyes can't see. And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And through it all, through it all, it is well. But if you see it metaphorically, right? Pardon me. Like okay, and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown in the midst of the sea. It's it's a, okay, so that could be about transcending the limitations of like cause and effect thinking, or what? Right, exactly. So she says, "All right, I'm I'm gonna play you. Uh, these are these are some of the songs that they play at the at the church. So ready." These are called the the hill hillside worship or hill song hill song.
So what do you think of that, Gabba? Well, again, uh, I could uh, uh, I could be using that as a kind of a meditative audio chanting a way of freeing your mind from all of its preoccupations. Okay, yeah, so they, they, usually, they usually sing that before church, you know, or after church. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but, but you, yeah. do you think do you think it's sentimental, though? Not necessarily. It could be, though. Could be. So, so how could it not be? <clears throat> well, as, as a way of, of, of just freeing your, freeing your mind from paying attention to anything. So, so if you were in the church, would you sing along with that? not the words I would let the music speak to me because you know some people sing along with it but you know that then they have their eyes closed and you can see them when they have their eyes closed and they and what if they have their eyes closed and they're imagining a separate Jesus like it, it, that'd be yeah, self-confirming huh? exactly exactly but but if they're imagining the transcendence to the oneness any thoughts on it that I would not be imagining anything. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on it? No. What, what about what about the quadrant? What if you, what if you're thinking of the quadrant? You know, what a beautiful quadrant. You know, the the oneness, the, the yeah. unity. Yeah. Well, I would hope to be free of that too. So, so you're just trying to free completely, so that you can be open to inspiration, to truth, and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Let, let me let me give you another one of the songs I play at church, right? Enough for now. Okay, can I can we just do one more one more church song? if you're imagining it as you know being sub sub submitted to submitted to a, a demiurge then that's really self-confirmatory and it's 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 like uh and that's not what jesus was about right right, right. Yeah, you're, li you're living in an imaginary world imaginary reality but who's to say what's imaginary and what's not any thoughts
So what do you think of that, Kevin? Well, again, I could, I could, I could uh, consider that to be, uh, for me, a very useful form of discipline if I didn't listen to the words. Yeah, because meditate. Mm. Oh, you just listen to the music, but but the, you know, the the words are a little bit emotionalism, right? Probably. But okay, so but you know, it's it works on different levels, right? Okay, I surrender. If he's talking about the flow, he's surrendering his ego to the flow, yeah. But probably he's thinking about surrendering to a separate entity. Yes. And, probably. And you know, he's, he's even even kind of speaking in in sexual language, like "hold me tight," you know, that type of thing. Where where that yeah. can that can be yeah. like. But but okay, that that gives people comfort, right? Comfort could be a. a Let's say someone's life is so out of control. This is a U-turn, right? To get a little bit of comfort. Okay, there, there's a guy. Comfort, yeah. You know, any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he says, I, huh? Yes, Jesus provided comfort on occasion. Oh, you think so? Yeah. But but here, here's a question, though, really quick. Uh. Okay, can you give a can you give an example of when you you offered comfort? Any thoughts? Well, see the woman at the well. See when most people would reject her, he he accepted her, and that was a, I'm sure a very comforting encounter for her. Mm-hmm. And and that's important because you know if you're not if you don't have a, a certain level of comfort, you can't transcend that to the to the flow, right? Things are just out of control, so so you have to be receptive and responsive. Okay, this guy this guy looks like he needs some comfort right now. Yeah. You know. Yep. If you're in the flow, but but at the same time, like it could it could be sympathetic and it could be a way of condescension, right? Like Nietzsche says, right? Yeah, it could be. So so you want to give comfort in a, in an authentic manner, or what? Well, whenever whenever you discern that it would be uh, beneficial. So, so he the says, quality of would be beneficial, yeah. So he says, find me here, Lord, as you draw me near, desperate for you, desperate for you, I surrender. So what about this idea of desperate for you? Any thoughts on that? Up against the wall, wrestling with Shirley. Yeah, so that, that could be the flow. I'm, I'm desperate for the truth. Yeah. So he says, drench, drench my soul as mercy and grace unfold. I hunger and thirst, I hunger and thirst. With arms stretched wide, I know you hear my cry. Speak to me now. Speak to me now. Any thoughts? Yeah. So, so this, this can function on a transpersonal domain, huh? Totally. If, if you're thinking about that as, as the flow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any thoughts? Hey, I got No. Got to go. All right. Thanks, Robert. All right. Good night. All right.